the Biden administration finalizes telehealth flexibilities for opioid treatment programs. Novo Nordisk's parent company will buy a U.S.-based facility reportedly to ramp up production of its blockbuster weight loss drugs. And senior-oriented primary care provider Cano Health files for bankruptcy. It's Tuesday, February 6th. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines in health business and policy news in 10 minutes or less. The Biden administration has made permanent some pandemic-era policies that made it easier for patients to receive prescription opioid addiction treatments. The Department of Health and Human Services, through the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, or SAMHSA, issued a final rule last week that allows opioid treatment programs to start buprenorphine or methadone treatment via telehealth, both audio-only and video. The rule also loosens some restrictions on methadone and allows for eligible patients to have unsupervised take-home doses of the medication. SAMHSA first implemented these telehealth flexibilities for opioid use disorder treatment in March 2020 during the COVID-19 pandemic. They marked the first substantial changes to opioid treatment program regulations in roughly two decades. Prior to the pandemic, federal regulations typically required patients seeking treatment to go to a facility in person every day to receive the medication. SAMHSA also said that the final rule took into account public comments and will expand provider eligibility to allow nurse practitioners and physician assistants to order medications in opioid treatment programs, where states allow it, to both increase patient access to treatment and alleviate operational burden on physicians. It also removes the admission criteria that required patients to have a history of opioid addiction for a full year before becoming eligible for treatment. The rule is set to go into effect on April 2nd. This rule is separate from another rule being weighed by the Drug Enforcement Administration and the Department of Health and Human Services that will allow certain providers to continue prescribing some controlled substances via telehealth appointments. The parent company of pharmaceutical manufacturer Novo Nordisk will purchase an American-based contract drug manufacturer as it moves to boost production of its popular weight loss medications. Copenhagen, Denmark-based Novo Holdings announced on Monday that it would purchase Somerset, New Jersey-based Catalent in an all-cash deal worth $16.5 billion. Novo Holdings CEO Kasim Katai told Reuters that the deal is central to supporting Novo Nordisk and enabling it to expand fill finish capacity to meet the growing demand for its chronic weight management treatment, Wagovi, which is the brand name for semaglutide. Fill finish is the final stage of the pharmaceutical manufacturing process, where medical materials are sterilized and standardized and then filled with medicines and sealed. Following the merger, Novo Holdings plans to sell three of Catalan's fill finish facilities and their related assets to Novo Nordisk for $11 billion. Those sites are based in Anagni, Italy, Brussels, Belgium, and Bloomington, Indiana. The deal is expected to close by the end of the 2024 calendar year, pending stockholder and regulatory approval. 
Demand has soared for drugs like Wagovi, which are part of a class of drugs called glucagon-like peptide 1 or GLP-1 agonists. Though these drugs were originally developed to manage chronic type 2 diabetes, they have become popular among the general public for their weight loss potential. Novo Nordisk, which had a $12 billion profit last year, due in large part to sales of Ozempic and Wagovi, faces fierce competition from other drug makers, including American pharmaceutical company Eli Lilly, which makes terzapatide, the generic name for its GLP-1 weight loss drug, Zepbound. Senior-oriented primary care provider Cano Health has filed for bankruptcy after a tumultuous year. The Miami, Florida-based publicly traded healthcare organization filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection on Sunday in the U.S. Bankruptcy Court for the District of Delaware. In its filing, Cano listed $1.2 billion in assets and around $1.4 billion in debt, according to Modern Health. The company said it has received a commitment of $150 million in new debtor-in-possession financing from some of its existing secured lenders, which would help pay for Cano's operations during the restructuring of the company. These funds are subject to court approval. The restructuring plan provides for the conversion of nearly $1 billion in secured debt to a combination of new debt and full equity ownership in the reorganized company. It also allows for Cano to seek out strategic partnerships, including a sale of the company or its assets. In a statement, Cano Health CEO Mark Kent said that he is, quote, confident we will emerge from this process a stronger organization, with the necessary resources in place to continue delivering the quality of care our patients expect and deserve. We appreciate the support of the majority of our creditors as we pursue this goal, unquote. The company expects to emerge from the restructuring process in the second quarter of 2024. Cano Health was founded in 2009 to provide primary care and pharmacy services to seniors and went public in 2020 via a SPAC deal worth more than $4 billion. The deal was backed by billionaire real estate investor Barry Sternlicht. But the company has faced difficulties, especially in the last year. Last April, three directors stepped down from its board, led by Sternlicht, and publicly called for Cano to sell its non-core assets and for then-CEO Dr. Marlo Hernandez to resign. Hernandez ultimately stepped down in June. In August, current CEO Mark Kent said at the time that the company likely did not have enough cash to fund its operations for the next 12 months and laid off 700 employees. And in September, it divested its Nevada and Texas care centers to Humana's Centerwell Senior Primary Care for $66.7 million. The New York Stock Exchange notified Cano on Monday that it would delist and immediately suspend trading of its common stock. This has been Just Healthcare Daily from Kaufman Hall. I'm Jay Carlisle-Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the podcast. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at JustHealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Just Weekly.